0: weirdos, This is a long time coming. I've wanted to have Yvette Nicole Brown on this podcast. She's always seemed like a delight and a talent from afar. And yes, yes, is the answer. Brett Goldstein, our mutual friend, put us in touch. I'm so glad that he did. And we were able to sit down and chat uh, just the, uh, well, I guess it was two weeks ago. So pretty, pretty, pretty fresh. Let's get into it. As you guys know, uh, the show is supported by our Pete's Picks. These are things that I actually use and actually love. And if you guys are interested in supporting the show, maybe try one, especially this holiday season. Uh, Like Ned. Ned is a purveyor and a supplier of wonderful... Hemp CBD products that I love and swear by, especially when it comes to managing stress. And as much fun as the holidays can be, stress is also a part of it. For me, the music, the lights, the trees, yes, it's fun. And yes, it kind of sends me back into my childhood body mind some drama, remembering how how tense those times could be growing up. So... I like to have my favorite plant ally on my side and at the ready, which is CBD, and Ned is my favorite purveyor of CBD in the world. CBD, uh, just a little clarification up top, doesn't get you stoned, it doesn't get you high. I like to say it's happy juice, just puts like a little invisible smile behind your face, makes you a little bit quicker to laugh, a little bit uh, ease into your body, In ease and flow into whatever it is you're trying to do, and NED is USDA certified organic. All of NED's full spectrum hemp oil is extracted from certified organic hemp plants grown by an independent farmer named Jonathan in Peonia, Colorado. They take it seriously. It's not a thousand acres of GMO corn and then a little patch of hemp. These guys are serious. These products are science backed. This is not woo woo. It's nature based solutions that offer an alternative to prescription and over the counter drugs. And for me, that's one of my favorite things about it. Instead of going to, uh, you know, maybe an Advil or a Tylenol, I like knowing that I have something plant based that gets me feeling better when I need it. Their products are chock full of premium CBD and have a full spectrum of active cannabinoids, terpenes, flavonoids, and trichomes. Things that I can't pronounce (laughs) or understand entirely, but I know make me feel fantastic. They have the science to back it up. Ned's full spectrum hemp oil nourishes the body's endocannabinoid system to offer functional support for stress, sleep, inflammation And balance, and they have a brand new product which has been in development for over a year, which I have tried and I absolutely love. It's called their De-Stress Blend. This is a one-for-one formula of CBD and CBG, which is made from the world's purest full spectrum hemp and features a botanical infusion of ashwagandha, cardamom, and cinnamon. CBG is known as the mother of all cannabinoids because of how effective it is at combating anxiety and stress by inhibiting the reuptake of GABA, the neurotransmitter responsible for stress regulation. Ashwagandha is an American Ayurvedic adaptogen that enhances your body's resilience to stress, and cardamom and cinnamon (laughs) Cinnamon. <laughs> have a delicious taste, uh, adding that to the de-stress blend, but also have wonderful uh, support to your gut health and your mental health, also combating stress and helping reduce blood pressure and cortisol levels. Ned has full transparency and shares their third-party lab results, who farms their products, and their extraction processes All right there on the site. And Ned CBD Products have over 2,000 five-star reviews. And they work with some of the top medical names in the field. And now for the holidays, You Made It Weird listeners. Weirdos get 20% off Ned Products with the code Weird. And when you spend more than 150 bucks, Ned is throwing in free gifts with every order. That's helloned.com slash weird to get access. H-E-L-L-O-N-E-D.com slash weird to get 20% off, plus free gifts with orders over $150. Thank you, Ned, for sponsoring the show and offering Weirdos a natural remedy for some of life's most common health issues. Next up, let's talk about sex. I'm talking about sex. Imagine the best orgasm or sex you've ever had. Now imagine that it could be even better with products that were designed to naturally enhance sexual pleasure and give you access to bigger and better orgasms, solo or with a partner. Enter Foria. Who is Phoria? Phoria is using all natural and plant-based ingredients to intensify sexual pleasure and relieve discomfort. Phoria has a serious, serious cult following with tens of thousands of people who have had their sex lives transformed through using their products. Val and I are two of those people. We're talking about more embodied orgasm. We're talking about more embodied sex sex. These are wonderful, wonderful allies in the bedroom. They actually, this is a real testimonial. People are talking about having sex that makes them climax to the point where they see sound and hear color. (laughs) I mean, that's a pretty good endorsement right there. Sex that makes you see sound and hear color. Foria makes products that will transform your sexual pleasure, especially if you have a vagina or love someone that has a vagina. Foria products are made to help women and people with vulvas fully experience their sexual pleasure from heightened orgasms to more sexual comfort. Foria's bestseller is Awaken Arousal Oil. Val and I have tried that. It is an ultimate pleasure Pre game, what is an arousal oil? Awaken is like a juicy warm up that helps you get really turned on, increasing your pleasure and deepening your orgasms, like I said up top, with a partner or solo. Look, we've all been in quarantine. Let's up our solo game. You understand? So, yes, you have my permission to try this. I fully endorse you to go ahead and treat yourself to more. Deeper, fuller pleasure wherever you can find it as often as possible, and you can start with a bottle of Thoria. Foria is offering a special deal for our listeners. Get 20% off your first order by visiting foriawellness.com slash weird or use code weird at checkout. That's F-O-R-I-A wellness.com forward slash weird for 20% off your first order. I recommend trying their Awaken Arousal oil and their sex oil. That is a match made in heaven. You will thank me later. Last but not least, the old standby. (laughs) We've been working together for years. Currently I am wearing pink, pink me undies. Guess what? It's officially winter wonderland outside your window, or maybe just inside your mind if you live here in California. And what do you want to do when it gets chillier than a snowman's cheeks? Well, you want to bundle up with layers and layers of comfy goodness, so we've been waiting for this. Spread the cozy vibes to literally anyone in your life with Me Undies. They've got super soft gifts for everyone near and dear to your heart, and while you're at it, why not get a little something-something for yourself, too? You deserve all of the comfy things. Val and I both heard about Me Undies years ago on other podcasts. We thought maybe it could be as good as people say. Turns out it is i love their undies i love their onesies i love their pj lounge pants i am a cuddle person i am a snuggle person i'm a cozy person and me undies has definitely upped my cuddle cozy snuggle game for real for real i love the patterns i love the fit and i want you to get them in your life so get your festive on with the new me undies holiday collection featuring classic plaids you know and love and sweater-inspired prints that will quickly become favorites. Their undies, loungewear, and sleepwear are made out of soft, breathable, stretchy fabrics that are ideal for sitting fireside with loved ones and chatting about life over a cup of hot cocoa. Whatever you decide, everyone will be rolling into the new year comfier than before. Available in sizes extra small through 4XL, MeUndies has a little something for everyone on your list. MeUndies has a great offer for you, too, weirdos. For any first-time purchasers, you get 15% off and free shipping right to your door. Your days of fighting for your life in the mall parking lot are officially over. So to get 15% off your first order, free shipping, and 100% satisfaction guarantee, go to meandies.com slash weird. That's MeUndies.com Slash weird. All right, everybody. The only thing I have to plug is Largo, December 14th, doing stand-up. It's going to be incredible. I might even be bringing some stuff from the old Pete Holmes show set to give away because it's the holidays. Largo, Largo-LA.com for tickets. That's my only stand-up date right now is December 14th here in LA. All right, everybody. Enjoy. Yvette, Nicole, Brown, get into it.
1: Hi, Yvette. How
0: are you? I'm
1: good. What were you writing? You were writing, scribbling so intensely.
0: These are I, these are my notes. I was watching clips of you on other shows and stuff, and oh my god, just trying to find. You know, I don't think we're going to have a hard time talking, but I was like, oh. it's always nice to have a couple areas to. Oh, to-
1: it's going to be fun and easy breezy. I can really talk about anything. So whatever you bring up, I, I can. No, I- I believe it. Is
0: it okay we're recording now? I mean, Absolutely. even you saying we can talk is okay.
1: Absolutely. <laughs> I, Absolutely.
0: We sometimes trim off the, the, the head here, but I kind of like it. I like our first little ho, because we've never met.
1: No, we haven't. We no. haven't. I, um, I, I've I heard wonderful things about you, uh-huh. but no, we haven't met yet. This is our first time. Making sure we yeah. was off.
0: Yes, please. Yeah. I uh, No, I can't. I got to say watching you... I haven't been this excited just to talk to a, a person. <laughs> like I think I,
1: so nice.
0: I'm like really loving everything you say. I watched you on um, to live Kweli's podcast.
1: Oh God, that was a good time.
0: And you, when you said "famous vapor," it is. You turned me into Black Church.
1: I I I went <laughs> right. <laughs> like, I, I, no, I, it mean, really it really is. And I, no, I, was, I know. I was like, should I put that on a T-shirt? Because. I think people need to to hear that more often. I think they need to really realize that this thing that everybody's chasing is dumb. <laughs> it's, it's just dumb. Because when you think about it, all that, all that fame is, is just more people know you than you know. That's really all it is, right? Yeah. And this whole myth, myth that we create around it, that it makes you special or smarter or prettier. Or, I mean, maybe you're prettier, but... Um, <laughs> You know, good-looking people tend to become famous. So I don't want to take that away from the beauty. <laughs> yeah, thing. let them have that. <laughs> you have that. But I'm saying the other thing that, that that they just automatically become magically delicious because a lot of people know them, I think, is the dumbest thing ever, and deferring to famous people for important things that they don't specialize in, I think, is extra dumb. Yes. Now, that doesn't mean that we are not, the, the famous folks should not be allowed to talk about politics and stuff like that because that does affect us, and if you've done your research, get in there but just talking crazy right to millions and millions of people well it's
0: it's power it's money it's like our whole society seems to be built on money and if you're famous you're probably rich and if you're rich people want to listen to you like it that seems to be all that matters you're shaking your head i wish i know
1: a a lot of rich famous dummies of course (laughs) you know what i mean like being dumb is not you can you can work you know Fall your way into a whole bunch of cash, or fall your way into fame and just be an idiot. Of course, so you got to you got to test the spirits. You got to listen to them a little bit. Be like, I love your music, or you know, whatever. Test but the spirits. Don't you have a brain. You want yeah, to you want to yeah. ask the demons to name themselves. I, I need to, I need them to talk. Who are you? Who's speaking right now? <laughs> is it is it an angel of intellect or a demon of dumb? Which oh, which God. is moving within
0: you? Oh my God. And if it's the demon and the dumb, send them into the
1: pigs. That's what Oh my doing. gosh. Like it's, I I don't, I, it always drives me crazy when dumb people act like experts. But and I mean. Yeah, go, go ahead. ahead. No, no, go ahead.
0: No, no you're the guest.
1: It's I mean, it's it's, it's, I don't, I'm not throwing dumb around lightly. Like I, 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 I very rarely will call someone dumb. Um, I prefer the term dim. Dim is nice. <laughs> opposed to bright. I don't like, to, I think dumb is just, is rough, but there are some people that um, are proud of their ignorance and they celebrate being just idiots. You can look on the the Republican side of of the house of representatives right now. And there's so many idiots, just twits, Mm. boldly out there going, ah, and I'm like, sit down.
0: Because I I know what you're talking about in all facets. There's like, to me, it's bad dad energy. (laughs) Like if you have a dad that's like, here's good dad energy like right. when a dad knows like we're not going to school today because it's your birthday and I'm going to take you to Disneyland and it's this magical memory. That's right. like a real, women can have that too. It's not just for right. dads, right. but it's like knowing when to be kind of outside of the rules, mm-hmm. but then like it gets perverted or exaggerated and just like, um, just say something that's not true a lot and say it with confidence. That's bad problem. dad energy.
1: That's bad dad energy.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and yeah. We've
1: seen that, we've seen a lot of that, and um, the thing that saddens me is there are so many people that are joyous in being evil. Yeah. You know, um, I've never I've never seen anything like it. I don't know if it's that social media has just shined a light on it. Um, maybe the horrible people were just like you know talking to their buddies at the bar and mm-hmm. saying horrible things, and now they can they can say it online and it can be amplified by I don't know how many uh, people. Um, but I'm I'm shocked that the things people say publicly, boldly and proudly and happily, like that Matt Gates clown, he's such an idiot, uh, saying that he wants to give Kyle Rittenhouse an internship in Congress. You want to give a murderer because that's he's a murderer. I'm sorry. Come at me. I don't care. Um, you want to give a murderer um, an internship in Congress. <laughs> like, I don't I don't I. You know what
0: I want to say to that is—is sometimes I'll I I remember this vividly. I was in an airport Mm. and I heard some people talking about a a show that I loved in a very dim way. To use your word, they were just being (laughs) dim. I'm not saying they were saying They're dumb. They were just saying some dim things. And on this topic, they were dim. Okay. And it was like, why? I've been off social media for a while, and uh, it it feels fantastic. Well, you know what my joke is. I go, no one asks me why. No one says why. No one. <laughs>
1: because we don't know why. You know what they're going to say is, "How did you do it?" They Keep, say how. You do like, Teach me your ways. Like they I would say. love to get off of that.
0: Yeah, like, but to put put it to you is like I heard them talking about it, and it just seems so dumb. When you hear people talking the way Twitter talks in real life, it's just dumb. someone being like, uh, "That guy on Great British Bake Off, he's so pale," or something like that. I'm just like. Why, if I can dismiss it so easily in the three dimensions of life, I go, this person's dim. Why, yeah. when I see it on Twitter, and am I, am I like, oh, this matters.
1: It's no, the written word. No, because <laughs> I think on Twitter, we're so, first of all, the written word is forever, right? There's been times I've tweeted things and it's gotten picked up by some magazine or somebody. Yvette Brown says, I'm like, I didn't say, oh, I did say that. Like, I'm thinking, I just said it like flippantly to whoever's on my page, but it becomes a quote from you. Whatever you tweet (laughs) becomes a quote. And so just the the weight of that, I think we realize, you know, what I say in passing at lunch, quietly amongst people does not resonate as much as what I say on Twitter to 500,000 people.
0: But that's the subtlety. People don't keep going. I didn't know you weren't done. Sorry.
1: Yeah, no, no. So it just it just I think it just resonates more. And that's why when we see it, it's the feeling of like. It's almost as if we know or we we inherently know that these are quotes. Mm -hmm. And so why would somebody want to attach their name to that? I think that's what your body is reacting to. Like this feels horrible and somebody is okay with going signed John Smith. That's basically what a tweet is.
0: A tweet. And it's a text to strangers. You're texting strangers.
1: Absolutely. (laughs) And they're they're sending it to their friends and their friends. And next thing you know, you're viral. And it literally was something you were just kind of saying flippantly or joking about, you know?
0: I think we're, I don't know if we're similar age, but I get the feeling we're similar age. And I do miss a time when you're talking about the subtlety of, like, different types of communication. Like, yeah. not everything being on the record. I'm not yeah. saying a, a safe place to be nasty. Mm-hmm. I'm saying a safe place to be stupid or wrong, yeah. or float out an idea, workshop it. Like, am yeah. I crazy? Is it this way? But yeah. now you're doing, people are doing it on Twitter. And I'm like, every stupid fumbling baby step is on the record and can be yeah. attacked.
1: And we used, to be, we used to be concerned about being thought of as dumb.
0: <laughs> now we don't care. I mean,
1: we really used to be very careful with what we said and what we did because we didn't want to appear to be an idiot. Yeah. And right now it feels like everybody is so happy to be dumb. Yeah. Oh, they're so happy. As long as they can get it out first and they can get some likes, they don't care how hateful or nasty or mean or dumb. And it's- this
0: goes back, sorry. Yeah, go ahead. This goes back to vapor. And they're doing it in the service of
1: favor. They're (laughs) like,
0: I'll be dumb. I'll be stupid. I'll be, I'm not a prude. I'm just saying like, I'll spread my ass and let everyone see as long as- As long as it
1: likes. As long as it
0: gets it. And when you get there, you realize one of my favorite quotes is like, it's it's not that you were climbing the wrong ladder. It's that the ladder was against the wrong wall. Like you get to the top and you're just like, Oh, no, there's nothing up here.
1: I didn't want to get here. Yeah. Yeah. Right? But but I think there's so many other people that are clawing for fame, too, that every thing that you do that ultimately makes you more infamous than famous. A lot of this stuff is leading people to infamy. Mm-mm. The more that you do stuff like that, the other people that want to be famous. Oh, they got 12 likes. Now I'm going to do this one butt cheek. I'm going to do two butt cheeks. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody's ass out. Everybody's ass out. So I'm just saying That's it's right. a choice. It's a choice you can make, but I, I have I have seen fame from a thousand different directions as a, as a spectator dipping a toe in, uh, watching infamy fall on people. Um, it's no one, no one within it except the supremely narcissistic are excited about fame. Right. Only you have to be somebody that loves the idea of you to be like, "Woo, I'm famous. Like the the benefits that come from it. Yes. You have a, a, a bigger platform to speak about things that matter. You have, um, more opportunities of course, there's more money. All of these things, those the, the byproducts are fine, right? But if you have to sell your soul to get the byproducts, they're not worth it. And a lot of people are chasing it before they even know the deal and the pack that they're making. And if you have to do something shady to become famous, you're going to have to keep being shady to stay famous. And I don't think people think about that either. So again, I say it is vapor. It's nothing to aspire to. Aspire to do good work. Aspire to be good, a good person. Aspire to make a name for yourself in a way that matters—not just making a name, but like when I leave here, I want to—I want to have made a name for being kind. I want people to be like that doggone event, Nicole Brown. I want to get out of here with nobody be being able to say she was wretched. Mm-hmm. I want everybody to be like, oh, she was fun or she was smarter. She—I want ha- i want a good taste. I'm gonna leave a good taste on on people's tongues. That's, you know, when I leave a room, I want them to be like, dang, I'm sad she's gone. And a lot of people leave the room and everybody like, "Woo! hey, gosh, you know, I don't want to be one. I don't want to be in that group.
0: And it might not even be because they're nasty. It might be because they're so fake. They make you be fake. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you're not a safe space for someone to just yeah. relax into.
1: Yeah. I've. You know I've similar... a of, there's a lot of, uh, none of this is really real. Like, I mean, the real, the real quote is, you know, Hollywood is paper it's really not a real place it's not a real mindset it's all pie in the sky woo 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 and um i think that you can be in it and not of it which is what i always try to do i have never been one of the cool kids if you go to any hot spot in la you will never see me there mm-hmm. um the big important parties on rooftops in in the hills you'll never see me there and i don't mind not getting those invitations that's not my crew that's not my crowd that's not that's not my stilo. I if you are looking for me, it's gonna be in this house with my dad and my dog building a Lego set. Mm. That's me. That's you are gonna do. say a legacy, a legacy. Well, I mean, Lego set. a legacy, a legacy, a legacy. legacy too. Same thing, <laughs> same thing. <You're> gonna, <laughs> no, it is. It's gonna be a peaceful, quiet existence. I don't, I don't need to be, you know, with the hoi polloi. It's just never been my thing. We just last night. I
0: wasn't going to say this, but because it's on topic, we were invited to a, a movie premiere. Who yeah. cares? I know you know that's not a big deal.
1: I mean, I mean, it's if, it, if you want to see the movie early, it is. But, but I,
0: already, I already saw it. It was the oh, but... Pizza, which is so good. And oh, I'm I heard it's great. You, I heard it's great. You're gonna love it because you seem like a, a, a you know a sunshine loving person. It's just a beautiful movie. I love it so much. So we went to a screening, and I loved it. Mm. And then we were invited to the premiere, which was so cool. And then, but we were also invited to a wedding. Now we went. We went to the wedding, and when we were leaving the wedding, it's funny that everything you were just saying. I said to Val, "We're that's my wife. We're walking to the car," mm-hmm. and I was like, "Well, there's a lot I could unpack about this wedding. All I'm going to say is I've been to movie premieres. I've yeah. talked to Sean Penn or whatever. It's it, it's fun. Yeah. But it, and it, this has nothing to do with Sean Penn. I shouldn't have said a name. I'm no, just, I
1: mean I've we know Sean somebody. is all right. We like Sean.
0: Yeah, Sean's all right. <laughs> 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 I'm just saying." I can leave those things feeling the opposite of when you're leaving a wedding, when everybody was in love and supporting each other and -hmm. and there for another couple, literally there to celebrate someone else. And when when I go, I go into my worst place, which is like, who knows? I'm not saying this proudly. I'm just like, am I welcome here? Am I cool enough to be here? Are -hmm. they going to talk to me? Am I, I'm probably the outcast. Everyone's probably wondering why I'm here or they don't even know who I am. This is the the voice of my most.
1: Yeah, because honestly, I'm not proud of that. The truth is, most people are feeling that exact same, except for the narcissist. The Narcissists are like, everyone's here for me. But most of the other people that are there are feeling exactly the way you feel. Right. And it's an out-of-body experience. You feel like a fish out of water because everybody's in these really fancy clothes. And, you know, I'm a Target Macy's gal, so I don't, I don't have designer stuff. And so everybody's all fabulous and the new, the hair, and the you know, fabulous. yeah. So you could, I heard you say fabulous, <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean, so you could be in that space and really feel inadequate if you are not, if you don't really realize the what the sham is. Like all the the clothes they have on are borrowed. You know what I mean? Like Dude. any jewels you see, they got the, somebody's walking five paces behind them to get it off their neck and ears as soon as the the, the carpet is over. That's right. Most this the, is
0: vapor. You're describing vapor. Most
1: of, the, most of the women are very uncomfortable. We are in strapped into our dresses with spanks and girdles and, and uh, the, the waist censures and and heels yeah. that are uncomfortable. Um, so there's it, there's a lot to it that is not these people are not having the best time of their life. Except again for the narcissist, and I don't want to get the narcissist too hard of a listen it takes all kinds and i i don't think the beauty or entertainment industry would stay afloat if there weren't a couple of people that really liked themselves a lot. So that's just what it is.
0: It's <laughs> not even i want to help to fame it a little bit more is that it's not i want everyone to like themselves. I want everybody to love themselves. But narcissistic personality disorder is when you think everyone is also thinking about you and, and also Hollywood? should love you and all that
1: stuff. So right. You just right. like Hollywood? <laughs> I mean, for a (laughs) rock.
0: Yeah, I know. And it's real. And I I see, I don't think I, I see those tendencies. I just describe them to you. I go to a thing and I I catch myself thinking about myself
1: No, but you didn't say it in all of that. You didn't say everybody, why isn't everybody looking at me and why isn't anybody telling me my outfit looks great? You were saying, are they looking at me wondering if I belong? That's more of a, that's coming from the other place. That's not coming from a narcissistic place. That's coming from a, maybe a little self-esteem place you'd love (laughs) to do you worse a little more you belong anywhere you want to
0: No, everybody listening to this podcast (laughs) knows i'm I'm good
1: no (laughs) anywhere you want to go you belong that's the other thing and that's that's the one thing i'll say if i do have to go to an event um i'm no longer nervous or anything because i'm like my name was on the invitation list same way yours was was so Mm. we both gonna put on a dress now mine is gonna be from target and yours will be from louis vuitton but we are both gonna be up in here (laughs) <laughs> so that makes it that makes me worthy of being
0: here if i could afford it i would love to pay you to just come with me to things and be like your name was on the list too just <laughs> like
1: <laughs> if you're about to go somewhere you go on and text me and i'll send you a text with your head held high now go on in there and enjoy that evening yes you do
0: <laughs> oh, look. But
1: thinking about themselves anyway they're not even thinking about you like that's the thing that's so crazy uh, and and even the ones that look like they're they got it under control, they're insecure too. They're like, oh, this Louis Vuitton is from last, oh, yeah. season, not this season, and somebody might realize this Gucci belt ain't real. Like everybody's oh, going through. Something. I've
0: been at horrible for me Hollywood parties <laughs> and found. I remember finding some pretty big star, and and he was talking to him for five minutes, and he listened to this podcast, oh. and it was really cool, and that made me think this is kind of like a. We like talking about spiritual things, deep right. things, all this stuff. So I was like, if I talk, if I meet someone that listens to the podcast, I was like, this is great. This is right. like, I know we probably have some shared ground. So right. we talked for a little bit, and he was saying, this is a part. This was the Vanity Fair party. I've never been since. I've never. I've I'm never been man. before.
1: I've, I've gotten that invite. Never.
0: I don't know why I did. It was probably to promote the show. Because you, you
1: deserve it. Because you deserve it. That's why you got it. You. They wanted you to have a nice evening out too.
0: <laughs> okay. Bye. I'm gonna. I'm gonna own it. Okay. But this is a party I remember I saw Aquaman was there, fucking everybody was there.
1: Everybody.
0: And I'm talking to this man and he said with like pained eyes, he was like, You're this isn't about me. He was like, You're the only person I want to talk to because I feel like we could maybe have an, a real conversation. That sounds like I'm serving myself. Like, Oh, I'm saying I met another desperate person going, this is making me feel so lonely. This was a big star. I feel so lonely and so isolated. And this is what I want to put to you. The reason why I don't like, I didn't like that party. And I didn't like, I'm so glad we went to the wedding and we didn't, it didn't even come close. Of course, we went to the wedding is it's going outside of yourself for your value. I'd Mm -hmm. just love to hear you talk about that. I was like, I can go to the Vanity Fair party, but if I'm keeping my, my focus inward, like who right. I am inside, how I feel inside, who I'm connected to inside, like am I connected to my own love, my own yeah. heart, all that stuff. But if I'm going around a party like I used to when I was in my 20s going like, let's see if anyone thinks I'm special. Like, yeah. forget it. It's, it's, yeah. it's a nightmare. And that's what they mean by selling your soul to play the violin really well or the fiddle really well. Yeah. Like, what I said to Val last night, sorry, I was trying to th- relate this to your other story. It seems like a long time ago now was I was like, you know, it's funny about those stories about selling your soul. People in Hollywood are the ones that write those stories, mm-hmm. which means... We know it's true. We wrote it because we know it. it's not. You think it's like the women uh, in church back home that are like they sold their soul. No, it was us who realized we did it.
1: You know and what I'm the, saying? The, the selling the soul part is literally anytime you know it's something you're not supposed to do and you do it because you want to get to the next level. Mm-hmm. So that's that can be anything that can be the the real deep stuff that people do that are just like why are you debasing yourself like that and then there's the things that people do just just small things like you might take a role that you know it's not a role you're supposed to be doing mm-hmm. and you're taking it because oh I might meet somebody and I might this money might help me like if you're making decisions based on that then you're 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 tiptoeing into that area that's not good you need to know who you are and where your boundaries are before you get in this industry because the moment you step in somebody's going to ask you to compromise. That's mm. just the way it works, and the more you compromise, you'll look up, and one day you won't know yourself anymore because you're you, doing things that you can't, you know, that you didn't would never thought you would do.
0: What 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 were those for you? I it's it's weird that I'm like no,
1: there, there are none for me because I don't when compromise. they
0: asked when they asked not not I mean, oh not when you did it I wouldn't ask when did you do that no, I mean, when no, did no. people I mean, ask
1: still, no but I've been very clear with my agents and everything from the beginning that there's just you know. Everybody knows that I'm PG 13. Everybody knows that I'm a person of faith. Everybody knows there's certain things about me that people know. So I don't even get a lot of like things that I couldn't do. And no one has ever, I've never, casting couch stuff never has never happened. I've never been propositioned by anyone. Like there have been parties I've been to where someone has come and whispered in my ear and said, it's time for you to go. And I'll be like, thank you for telling me. And I will get my person, get up out of there. It's, there's a, there's a, there's a natural ebb and flow to the parties out here. Like, even the nicest party can de- can devolve into debauchery in L.A. Mm-hmm. It just depends on how long you stay.
0: Wait, you mean they whispered in your ear because it was about to turn into an orgy was, or something?
1: Was, I don't know what the, what the other was. <laughs> I didn't ask. All I know is that someone that knows me and knows Hollywood parties let me know this is about to take a turn. And it's the time of turn you don't need to be here for. So I don't know what that is. I don't care to know what that is. I am grateful that that friend knew that whatever it was about to be, it wasn't my speed. And so I got my purse. I had no FOMO. I was like, y'all have a blessed evening. <laughs> and I got up out of there. And I also, I gauge what, what invites I say yes to for that same reason. If I feel like it's going to take a turn, I don't go. I don't. And there's no judgment, like live your life, how you want to live your life. Like get, get it, get it in, get it all in. I just know what, what is right for me. And for me. I, I, I do Legos at night. So this is not somebody need to be at one of them wild parties. It's just not my speed. So Right, right. You
0: know. I wanted to tell you this story that somebody just told me on Friday because mm-hmm. I wanted your reaction to it. Okay. Uh, it's about fame. Okay. Somebody told me Jack Nicholson went golfing with uh, Joe Pesci at a okay. club that Joe Pesci was a member at. Mm-hmm and your only members can golf, and Jack was Joe Pesci's guest. It's okay. like a famous story, I guess. Yeah, Absolutely. Right? It's already a famous story. You
1: already said two names. Everybody's like, hey, who doesn't love Joe Pesci? It's no, no, no. Awesome.
0: And by the way, because we're talking about fame being ether and all this stuff, I don't, I don't want to say I'm putting down either of these people, but this is one of those stories that we just can't get enough of, and I just want to hear <laughs> your thoughts on it. Okay. So let's say that was on a Friday. That Sunday, Jack Nicholson comes back, He's parks in the, in the parking lot. That's for members only. He walks onto the court. He, he's peshy less. He's Pesci less. Like okay. we all are. I've yeah, been no, Pesci less my, my whole life. I've
1: been Pesci less my whole life. We're getting on without
0: knowing Joe Pesci. He walks, he walks on with his own bag. So he doesn't check in. I've never been to a, a golf club, but like I apparently either. he's supposed to check in and get a tea time and all that stuff. I, he doesn't do that. He just walks on, puts his own ball on his own tee and just starts playing. And then uh, after, like, a couple minutes, somebody comes out from the club.
1: Mm-hmm. I'm
0: sure they drew straws to see who was going to tell Jack Nicholson. to
1: conversation, right.
0: Yes. And they went up to Jack Nicholson and they said, Mr. Nicholson, I'm, are, is Mr. Pesci with you today? And Jack's like, no. And he's like, well, I'm sorry to tell you, but this, this course is for members only. And Jack said, how much is a membership? And he said, $500,000. And Jack Nicholson went to his checkbook and wrote a check for $500,000, gave it to the guy and said, stop bothering the members, right? That's a story. That's a good story. While we're telling that story, though, when we're talking about all this stuff, and we can enjoy that story. I enjoy telling that story. Let's not, let's not uh, be fake and act like that's not a fun story. It is a fun story. I'm, I'm talking to myself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm like, we love that stuff, but is that really the best you know what I mean? Like the, the cultural mythology of the West is like, sort of like be a dick, be a rich dick, be like a powerful rich dick that does whatever he wants and doesn't care any about because you're famous and rich. And to your kindness thing, isn't the legacy of like, you know, maybe not doing that, but we love the story of the guy that does that. I just want to hear what you think.
1: I mean, that, that's the legacy for me. Like, I would never do that. I, and I, you know, I, I, I understand the story, <laughs> Do I enjoy this story. Eh. I mean, I was hoping that the story ended with the person going up to Mr. Nicholas and saying Nicholson and saying. Um, see, I'm thinking of Jack Nicholas, who should. I was be. just going to say I, I oh. don't want to interrupt, but yes, yeah, it, yeah, it was Jack Nicholas. Go up to John, yeah, Jack Nicholson and say, um, "I'm sorry, is Mr. Pesci with you?" And he goes, "No, I'm not. No, he's not." And they say, "Well, well I'm sorry, you have to leave the the course." Yeah, and. and Jack Nicholson learned that there are rules for everyone. And he got his golf clubs and his little tee and his little ball. And he left like that. (laughs) That's a story that I enjoy. Because, Um, you know, flaunting money and then pissing on people that work at a club is shitty. So that part of it, I don't, I did not enjoy.
0: That see, this is why I wanted to bring it up because I think it's an alternative interpretation. Mm-hmm. You tell that story to a hundred people. I feel like a hundred people are going to be like, that's, that's the American dream.
1: And yeah, it's, it's back not, to it's bad not,
0: dad energy. It's bad Yeah, dad It's
1: dad not the, it's not the American dream. I think, I think it's the American dream for a certain type of person. I think uh, a certain type of person that has maybe been kicked down a bit in life. Um, they are always excited about their chance to kick down. Mm. And I think that there's a different type of person who has been kicked down their whole life that can't wait to be in a position of power to, to love on people and make sure everybody's okay. Where they don't have a desire, they don't want anyone to feel the way they felt. And I think that is the dividing line between who you are in this country and in this world. You're either the kind of person that wants to give it as good as you got it, or you're someone that wants to give better than you got it.
0: This is...
1: That's, and, and, and you, everyone listening, you know which one you are.
0: Yvette, I'm dying. I'm so glad. I'm going to carve my own podcast host award for asking you that question because what I <laughs> led to was so beautiful. Uh, and when you say you're a faith, are you Christian? Is this yeah,
1: I'm right? Christian. I, not, I, not, not the trump Christian women. No, I understand. I'm the <laughs> Christian that actually believes what Jesus said, which was love everybody. That's I the know. one that's the one don't want you shooting people and, and wants to help the poor.
0: That's right. And,
1: wants, and love is love. That's, that's the Christian I am. Where we, that's everybody, right. just love everybody. You ain't, you ain't in no position to judge what nobody else is doing. You know Keep what? Yourself I yourself together. I, I, <laughs> Come on. You, there's something in the Bible. This is, what I, and I, I know that the Christians don't like this one. The ones that, the, the, the hypocritical Christians hate this this part of the Bible. There's a part in the Bible where they say, before you deal with the splinter in your brother's eye, Take care of the plank of wood in yours. Now, anybody that knows anything about wood, a splinter is tiny, a plank is huge. So Jesus is saying, you're looking at whatever sin that person is doing that you've decided is the worst thing ever. And whatever it is, it is a splinter compared to your wretchedness. Mm -hmm. So if you're going to get busy,
0: get busy on your plank. That's right. And I would say- I mean, that's, I believe that's in the Sermon on the Mount. And, and I believe I, it is. It's, it's not, I'm just trying to make you feel welcome. I'm like, I know what you're talking about. <laughs> I'm not trying to footnote you. I love it. No, no, I love it. I love, I love it. that verse too. And it's not just about sin to me, it's about how you see. It's in your eye. He could have said it's in your heart, it's in your yeah. foot, it's in your hand, it's okay. in your eye. So we're talking about how you perceive Are the you quality perceive of your it? consciousness. Yep. which is the window of your soul. How, mm-hmm. how clean are you running? Are you seeing things clearly? Yes. Or are you just seeing the same old patterns of thought that go over judgment, stereotype, mm-hmm. prejudice, all this stuff yep. that you overlay over reality? Or are you seeing clearly? Can you take and, the plank out of your eye? Yeah, life?
1: and are you only seeing, you know, the dirt on, on someone else's plate? Mm-hmm. Like, That's right. what a crappy way of going through life where you have climbed the mountain and everyone else needs to get to your level. Oh, they would just stop doing that. They'd be ready for Jesus. That's right. It's like, with, with you you saying that means you ain't ready because you just judged them. Right. Cut it out. And that's
0: incredibly lonely too. Oh, I mean, it's spe- so be- Specialness oh. and fake holiness oh, is very oh. lonely.
1: I but say is- all the time, either we're all special or nobody's special. Either we're all important or nobody's important. No one gets to decide that they are magically delicious and everyone else needs to get in line. No, we all are magically delicious or none of us are.
0: That last night at the wedding, something I do, you're gonna love this, when I'm talking to somebody and I don't know them and mm-hmm. I'm not excited, <laughs> I go, pretend it's Brad Pitt. I knew you would love I bet you love it. I'm gonna guess you love Yeah like, but you give, know what But you give know give them what? that attention. Like if you, if Brad Pitt was going on about paying his taxes, I'd be like, Well yeah. oh, really, you get you, you hire somebody like I'd be so into it. Right. I go, think on, maybe, I think
1: I listen, I'm an introvert. So I really love my alone time. I think alone time is the best thing ever, but I also really like people and I really find people interesting, all kinds of people. And so when I, if I go to a party, I can really get into the marrow of the bone with anybody. Mm. The only thing that drives me crazy is small talk. So like, if we are going to do it, let's actually have a conversation. I do not want to talk about the weather with you. I don't want to talk about, you know, the, we can start with what your favorite community episode is. We, we got to get away in it. That's your way to do that. But once we get through that, then let's talk talk about something that actually is is important. Like, let's get in there. You We're know? The so, yeah. We're so as same. long as we can get in there, I can, everybody is Brad Pitt. That's if you. If you can't get in there, if, if you don't have anything to say, if you haven't read any books, if you haven't watched the news, if you, don't have a strong opinion about a television show you love like it doesn't have to all be deep but you have to be in your life like mm-hmm. be in your life and then let's have a conversation about your life mm. that's awesome mm. but i don't i don't need a bunch of i think you great you ain't got to you ain't got to rub on me and coddle me mm. i'm just a person just like you we got we all got jobs to do my job is just on tv See, this
0: is why you love Brett Goldstein. I love Brett. That's how he is.
1: Yeah, he's just a regular.
0: He doesn't want to be treated different.
1: No, and he's so like Brett and I clicked like immediately. Like I was like, this is my kind of human. He's we're just kindred. We just both get it. We both are nerds. We both like the same stuff. You Mm -hmm. know, we did when I did his his podcast twice. I learned so like you you talking to Brett made me feel like I'm not the weirdo I think I am. I'm like, well, there's a there's another weirdo just like me. Why are you spoke, a film nut? Is that it? No, it's not even about being a film nut. It's just the it's the films that I like. I was so like niche. And and yeah. I found out that Brett likes a lot of the same films that I like. And I really respect him. So if he if he loves Greece too, too, mm. then that means I'm not as weird as I thought I was. You see what I mean? Like it's little things like that. So it's what just I, a window. Yes.
0: What I remember, it really meant. I think he does it for everybody. But when he said, "What's your favorite movie? What's your yeah. favorite film?" I was <laughs> like, <laughs>
1: "That was a good prank."
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's actually more of a Roy because he doesn't talk like Roy. No, he doesn't. he doesn't. I wish
1: he would. Every he's once he he's got a little, he's got a little whisper in him, but it's not a raspy. Yeah, not...
0: that. Will you come on, my Mapple? I can't do his regular voice. I can only do him doing a voice. No,
1: that was good. That was a good ah. one. You're being hard on yourself. You're being okay. Hard on
0: I'm yourself. gonna pay you a handsome salary to just yeah, follow me around. Yeah, I just
1: I've already diagnosed you. You're just way too hard on yourself. You gotta be
0: just <laughs> I love that. I'm going yeah. to here's here's a couple things I really wanted to say okay. based on things you already said. Okay. I thought at the wedding last night you said either we're all special or nobody's special. Right. The way that I say that and I said it just last night, I said either we all have the light of God in us or none of us do. And that's that's kind of true. Same thing.
1: Everything. Same thing, yeah.
0: Everything too. This tree is holy, or nothing's, holy. Oh, nothing's the, holy. The air is holy, or nothing is holy. That's I was right. like, it can't just be a couple special people that God is like. Oh, I like that one. It's got to be everybody. I mean,
1: listen, else. God loves us all. I- I'm just not God. E- <laughs> I'm kidding. I didn't, I I it. didn't I expect sass. I didn't I expect it. I was joking. But no, no, hundred no, percent. I think. I think that if more people felt the love of God, like if they really realize how much he digs them, they wouldn't be acting out so much. I think a lot of people are acting out because they don't feel love. They don't, they don't have the center. Yeah. They don't. Yeah. And without a center, forget about Hollywood. I don't know how you're surviving. Even if you're at McDonald's working on fries without an understanding of who you are and why you're here and that there's a purpose for your life. Yeah. I just don't know how you, how you navigate this thing.
0: It's, um, I'm blanking on his name, but it's a saint. It's a Catholic saint. I'm not Catholic, but I. it's one of the famous ones. He said, I am who I am in God, nothing more, nothing less. I say that to myself all the time because it's so easy. It's also Maya Angelou. She, goes, she said, don't pick it up. Don't lay it down. That's right. That means don't like, let someone tell you who you are and don't let someone tell you what you're not. Right. But I like, I am who I am in God. You, if you don't like the word God, you can say, I am who I am in the mystery or I am who I am in love or I am who I am. But that's who I am, yeah. and I can't be closer to it or further from it. It's always looking out my eyes right now. Right. And I, then you realize, go to the wedding, not the premiere. That Not, not that that was the hard choice. No, I
1: know. But, <laughs> no, no, no.
0: The other thing you said about Jack Nicholson, which blew me away, we could close now because you've already given everybody so much by saying this, is you said a lot of people who have been hurt will go on, and they can't wait to be the one hurting. Okay. And Richard Rohr, who's uh, my mentor and my spiritual father, he's a Franciscan, I love him so dearly. Mm
1: -hmm. He wrote
0: this book called the, um, uh, it's called Order Disorder Reorder, I think. Mm -hmm. Uh, Anyway, he talks about like, so many revolutions that take over governments, 10 years later are doing what the government they took over did. Mm -hmm. And he said, this is the genius of Christ, is Jesus. And this is unheard of in any other religion. Jesus was murdered. So their dude was murdered by yep. the government. Yep. He comes back. I know you know this. I do know he this. comes back and doesn't tell his people to avenge him. Okay. That is the gospel. Okay. That is, it's not about power. It's not about revenge. It's about love. And it's about okay. transcending those things. And that is, people. people will give lip service to Jesus pretty quickly, but I'm like, he really deserves it. I mean, that okay. is- and it was written 2,000 years ago. That's yes. unheard of that someone would be like, he he's back and he doesn't say, go kill the Romans. Yeah. And, kill and,
1: and the thing that's deep about it is also not about winning. You know, that's the, it.
0: Because whole, we all lose in the end. You, I'm sorry. You, you just got me very excited.
1: No, but 100%. And I mean, the whole time that, that Christ was here, he wasn't winning none of the time. No. He was, he was behind the eight ball the entire time he was here. He literally spent his entire time before they killed him taking care of people.
0: And he was with the other people behind the eight ball. That
1: was the whole point. Exactly. Making sure everybody's okay. Making sure everybody has what they need. Going through and healing bodies, like healing minds, connecting souls with God. Like he spent his entire existence here as a helper Mm -hmm. with no reward. Ultimate reward, yes. But here, no reward. So I feel like, and and honestly, people that really do study the Bible, anyone that did something for Christ, I just described their existence. Mm. Most of them, if not all, most of them had assignments that they did not want, assignments that they felt ill-equipped to do, yet assignments they knew that nonetheless thy will be done, Father. Right. Which is what Christ said when he was facing his his like, come on, can you take this cup from me? If Jesus, knowing the the entire the totality of the experience, was like, I don't want to do this. <laughs> he was like, I don't. So if that, if that was Christ, <laughs> that's really what it was. And the guard against him, he was like, I don't want to do this.
0: Well, there's a time when you have to acknowledge that your body, the human body is always going to have a fear we, response. A
1: hundred percent. We just not equipped for it. But that, that truth from Christ helps me in my day-to-day because there's things that God calls me to do. And I don't want to do it. Like there's been times I've been out driving and I've seen someone and they're not even asking for money. But I hear the Lord say, turn your car around and go give them $20. And I'm like, I just got into the good lane. I'm going to turn right in a man got to turn. And I hear the Lord clearly go, go find that person and give that person $20. They're not asking for money. He just pointed out somebody. Mm. I will be obedient. I'll go and I'll go up to my God. And listen, I know, this is crazy. I just, the Lord didn't tell me, give you this $20. Mm. And they, every single time something like that has happened, the person's entire countenance changes. They go, I didn't tell anybody this, but dot, dot, dot. So that's that's just a small example of how God might ask you to do something that you don't want to do, but it's not about your comfort. It's not about the perfect lane of, of of traffic that you're in and you're almost home. If we are here to help and to be of service, find a way to be of service every single day. It's never, this is the punchline, it's never about you. It's never about you. We, we literally are here to Life do good. Over to good to do good for for humanity yep yep we are a, we are a cog in the machine and there's so much blessings that come from giving if the takers knew how good it feels to be of service this entire world would change but because they've never been of service all they've ever done is take and steal and grab they don't realize that the blessing of being of help and of service is way bigger than whatever you gain by being a jerk- mm. Or selfish. It's way bigger.
0: You, you, <laughs> I asked for two hours. You could be like, we'll be done in 20 minutes. No, we're, I, got to <laughs> because, to no I know, but you've given us so much. Yeah. Every time you go, it's such a gift. <laughs> I, I, I'm glad I didn't, but I started to interrupt with another Richard Rourke where he says, Life isn't about you. You are about life. And recognizing that you're part of a system yeah. seems to be a big part of what Jesus is talking about. And a lot of spiritual teachers are talking about, like, wake up. It's not about it's not your small self. It's about your big self.
1: It's not the idea of, of spending the entire, your entire existence, however long that is 70 years, a hundred years. And all you did was work on you mm. and, and, and amass wealth for you. Mm-hmm. That's just so gross. I and mean, we just had a, a, a president. He wasn't really one. He was allegedly a president who spent the entire four years, just thinking of himself. People mm-hmm. were dying racial unrest was happening in the world but as long as it didn't touch him or didn't affect him or affect what he wanted for him he's fine with it right you know this man is in his 70s and and literally is walking he's a walking id everything about him is just debased and gross and he helps no one and now that poison has seeped into our country or reemerged because I don't think it ever really left Reemerged in our country we're now the idiots and the racists and the the homophobic and the xenophobic and the misogynistic now feel like they have a right to say and do all of the horrible things that that horrible man did. And we're going to be, there's going to be generations. We're going to be fighting this back. I don't think, I don't think I'll see it gone in my, in my lifetime, Mm. but he, what he, uh, what was reborn under that imp is going to stay with this country for generations. And that's horrible. And that comes from someone who's just a taker, a malignant narcissistic taker. Don't be like that. Don't be well,
0: you couldn't have a. First of all, I, I feel the mirror of that. Like it's painful that our worst, our lowest self is. If it doesn't affect me, it doesn't. It's not happening.
1: Yep. You know, or we all have that. It, yeah. Or and the matter.
0: danger. Oh, sorry.
1: Or that it doesn't matter.
0: That it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. The danger is when you have somebody in that symbol, and the presidency is a symbol. I mean, it's a thing too, but it's also like something we look to. Yeah. And when you see the worst part of you, which is. Look, if COVID's not affecting me, if black if Black lives what matter isn't affecting me or whatever it might be, yeah. if it's not, if I'm not seeing it in my town, <laughs> then it's not real and it, or it doesn't matter. But then you see someone in that seat, seemingly feeling that way.
1: Uh,
0: I, I just mean like, yeah, yeah <laughs> I mean, yes, to them, they seem, yes, but yes, yeah. dangerous. Very, very dangerous.
1: Yeah, it is.
0: Sad. Heavy stuff. Um, <laughs> Let's get. You're talking about service. Yeah. You get asked about your dad a lot, but I I love this story. You should tell the story as much as you can because there's too many golf story stories, golf course <laughs> stories, and not a lot of five seasons of community. And you're gonna go forget giving someone twenty dollars. You gave your father years of your life when he needed you. I mm-hmm. mean, tell tell the people. I'm giving. You yeah,
1: I, I've still got him. Thank God, he's still with me. Um, it'll be nine years. Next month that I've been his caregiver, um, I, he he was in Ohio and he was re- he was close to retirement from his job and he had an, a stellar career like there was no marks against him and then in the last year of his of his job he was getting forgetful, forgetting to do things, say not remembering where he put things like he was getting bad mm-hmm. and he was over a lot of people and he was it just wasn't something was wrong, so um, I went to. Cleveland, um, on a break from community and just assessed where he was. And I realized that something was wrong. And so I started putting things in place in Ohio so that he would be okay. Knowing that as soon as community was canceled, cause every show gets canceled. I'm like, as soon as my time on community is done, I'm going to get him. And the only reason I waited is because the hours on community where so we were doing 16 hour days. So there was no way that I could be a caregiver under that so i'm like he, i just need him to hold on until the show gets canceled so the show got canceled and um i we i think we ended on we ended on a friday by monday i was in ohio packing my dad up getting you know closing out all of, all of his affairs and we were on a plane back to la within uh two weeks mm-hmm. and um
0: How was that by the way sorry to slow you down yeah. but packing up i watched a documentary about hoarding or about minimalism yeah and they were like dude if you don't become a minimalist for you, do it for your kids. Do it for your kids, because packing up a whole life, you're like, why do we have these TV guides? I'm not talking about hoarders. I'm talking about regular, yeah, just regular
1: people. stuff. Well, I mean, yeah. you amassed stuff through the years, like whatever yeah. you, that, whatever that TV guy was in 1983. There was a reason. Like yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that dog on back That was a great episode of Matlock, and this TV guy uh, talking geez. about. I want to remember that episode forever. So you had a reason. Now in 2021, you don't remember what the reason is. <laughs> but you had a reason in '83, to 3. So, um, yeah, so I, my dad, it's not that he had a lot of stuff. He just had a small space. So a lot of, a small space is going to look like it's, it's packed with things no matter what. And so I had to go through every drawer and every envelope because he had dementia. I didn't know if he had hid something somewhere. And I didn't want something important to get left behind. So what I did, the way I did it is I just, I put in garbage bags what I could. And then I packed what he would need. And then I called one eight hundred junk to come get the rest. Mm-mm. I was like, whatever, and I, I told his neighbors, "Come on in. If there's something in here that's in this room that you want, grab it and go." And so, that was the best way to do it. That's my mother recently passed. That's the way me and my brother did it for cleaning up my mother's apartment. We went and got everything we wanted. We threw away the things that we didn't need, and then we called one eight hundred junk. And and also, I had a great organizer. My friend Tanisha came and helped too. But um, it was literally like just once you get what you need, then Everything else becomes junk. Mm-hmm. that's the truth of it, right mm-hmm. um so I got him got him back here um and then like within maybe a month of getting him here, month or two of getting him here, community got picked up by yahoo screen and it and it was under our contracts. it was the same you we we had a six year contract this would have been the sixth that sixth season, and so all of us were contracted contractually obligated to go. And I knew that I couldn't, so I just reached out to Dan Harmon and Sony, who produced Community, and I just said, can I please be released from my contract so I can take care of my dad? And they didn't have to do it, but they did. They let me go. And um, that's why I'm not in the sixth season of the show. I don't regret it. Um, I had quite a few fans that were very upset with me. They just didn't understand why I just couldn't play Shirley anymore. How dare I? I was, you know,
0: without... Knowing any details people who have been abandoned have a really hard time with any abandonment so if these people i'm not I'm not I can't know but I've known people in my life oh your dad left or your mom left or, yes. or someone let you down or your, or your wife left or your husband yes. left sometimes for the rest of your life it doesn't matter if it's a character on a show it's like yes. fuck well, you it's not happening to me again and I'm,
1: you know? s- I'm sorry for your abandonment <laughs> but um, I'm going to take care of my phone you are fine. You're gonna get over it, because <laughs> it has nothing to do with me. Whatever your abandonment is, <laughs> has to do with my dad has nothing to I'm do sick. with me making the right decision for my family. So I'm sorry I, for your. I, abandonment. Yeah, yeah, I'm sorry for your abandonment. Like, but this <laughs> is the thing I'd like to quote Effie from Dream. I mean, um, uh, Dina from I don't know if it was Dina or Lare- whoever was in Dream girl said to Effie, Effie, we all got pain. Mm-hmm. Effie was wild and now because Effie had some stuff she was going through, and everybody's going through something. So I don't want to hear about why you something happened to you and now you got to treat other people crazy. Just work on your stuff. Go to therapy. So you ain't making people crazy. Stop it. Just stop it. So I don't I don't care about what happened to them that made them mean to me. I don't care. It wasn't right. It wasn't right. But let me say this. I didn't care then either. Because it's like y'all, y'all do say what you want, think what you want. I am going to choose my father. And and the idea that between, because I think I, this is going back to the fame thing. I think they really were like, how, how could she not want to be more famous? How could she not? She's a, you're on an NBC show. Nothing in this industry trumps my dad. Nothing. Somebody could have been like, we're going to give you a million dollars for the last season of Community. Not if I can't take care of my dad. Keep that million. I'm not like these people. I'm trying to tell you, I'm East Cleveland through and through. Family is important. Um, My soul is important. I don't care about this mess.
0: You are Jack Nicholson. (laughs) If if it was you, that I'm sorry, is Mr. Pesci here with you today? You'd be like, I am so sorry. I thought you could just walk out here.
1: That's exactly what I (laughs) would. If I need to pay for these three balls I hit while I'm here and a little bit of the turf of the grass, I don't walk down. I want nobody to be out of nothing because of me. What do you need for me to be okay? Can I buy you some lunch? Like, I, I don't like, I don't like when I'm out of line. I don't like, I don't. <laughs> Can I buy you some lunch? Can <laughs> you give you some lunch? What's happening in the comments here? You want some lunch? But yeah, so anyway, so I have my dad and, um, and I've had him now for nine years and we've been, we've been all right. And this is the other thing that to be fair to the fans. Um, the fans that were upset that right after I passed, I, I got released from Community, I got asked to be on The Odd Couple. And the Odd Couple on CBS was a multicam sitcom. So the difference in hours was an 80 hour week and about a 25 or 30 hour week. Yeah, I can take care of my father and be on a multicam sitcom. That's I'm
0: on a multicam right now. I could take care of your father.
1: Thank you. Exactly. <laughs> but it's like the hours. And so I think <laughs> the fans, they hear that I left Community. Oh, but she took another job. They didn't understand. You have no the idea. Difference. So I had to then do a press. In some of my press tours, I was like, "Let me tell you all the difference, so you understand why." Well, I, found you know. pe- I found you
0: saying it to people. I found you saying it to Meredith. Fear was fear. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I mean, like you said it so many times. I found it in a pretty cursory YouTube search for looking for fun yeah. clips of you. I heard you say it more than once. But yeah. that is that is confusing. But not to me. I wanted to tell you that. I was like. We, the multi-cam schedule oh, has been man. so fun oh, for me.
1: So sweet. It's just the best. I'm so jealous.
0: I, man, I'm jealous of myself. You know man. what I mean? Like I, Because I know the other side. I was on a show that was like community, single cam, and long days. And it was really fun. And then you do this, you're like, oh, there's another way. There's
1: another way. <laughs> the best thing about multicam for me there's is that you, you only get dressed in outfits and, and, and wardrobe and hair and makeup two, ta- two days a week. What it may you, be two. You, it you, might be you, one. If you're you got- pulling this from my brain. I <laughs> yeah, said no. that last night. No, was so wedding. great. No, it's so great. And so when you're when you're when you're on a multicam set, you can wear your own clothes, mm-hmm. you can wear a baseball cap and some sweats. Mm-hmm. I don't like the idea of having to put put a girdle on every day when I'm on it. You know, it's a lot of work.
0: Man, I wore spanks on crashing. <laughs> I know. I, I used to work. I'd be pulling my neck in between takes. Oh, you had one of those
1: T-shirts, one of those spanksy T-shirts. I'd be wearing
0: a Spanx shirt, and I'd be pulling my neck every time they call cut. And like, look, both jobs are unbelievable—one in a billion, dream come true. So grateful. But then, like, I love not wearing a love, like a a body mic. Oh God, I love
1: it. That's so I love
0: not having to put on wardrobe. I swear, I did like one. This is now we're just two people talking. We're not even doing a podcast anymore. Just two in the fat. Just to the fat, and I love it because I did like, I swear I've done like two fittings and somehow wardrobe has got me covered. Like we did three episodes, two fittings oh, great. That's the, and wardrobe was great on crash. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying like, it's just easier.
1: That's all. That's all I'm gonna say. It's just, it's just easier. I I'm, I pray that the the multicam gods come a calling again. Come on, yeah, yeah. yeah. Me, please. I mean, oh gosh, I love that world. Okay, they, I'm sorry.
0: That we would be. Ha- I, it's not even my show. I'm sure they'd be happy to have you <laughs> on, on, uh, on my show.
1: Um, love-
0: tell me a little. Oh, I'm glad your dad is still with you. Did you say you have a son now?
1: No. Well, my oh. dog. My dog. I thought
0: you said a son. I I couldn't hear. I
1: did say a son. It's my furry son, Harley.
0: Jesus, I love it.
1: Literally. Actually, I'm very nervous because I don't know where he is. He's in this room somewhere and I can't see him. So now I'm like, what are you doing? I, I can't see him, he's destroying something. You
0: are a romantic comedy, and but I feel like we're in the first act where, like, you're perfect, you're beautiful, you're smart, <laughs> you're talented. <laughs> you have a heart that we could all live inside if we need shelter. Uh-huh. I don't understand how you don't have six kids and, and like, I don't, married I, to Michael B. Jordan. Or like I, I don't know God. what's going on.
1: I mean, if I was married to Michael B. Jordan, I would have six kids. <laughs> 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 okay. I, um, no, but... um. You know, what? I just I never found the guy. I never found the guy or the guy never found me. Like I don't know. And I'm not giving up. Like I yeah, I, believe, yeah. I believe it's kind of cool now because I'm in the sunset years of my life. I think it'd be kind of cool to meet a really great dude and, and still get in like 25 years of, of good loving, you know? Yes of course. So, yeah. So I'm still I'm keeping hope alive. It just hasn't hasn't happened for me yet. And I think probably because the call I know how I am. And if I would have gotten married in my twenties and had babies. We wouldn't be talking right now because I'd be I would have become a soccer mom or a PTA mom and I would be on the school board. Like I'd be completely immersed, immersed in that life and I would be making cupcakes and, you know, I would be that mom. So I think that maybe God had another assignment for me and he knows that when I when I have an assignment, I give it 100 percent. So and I think I might be able to nurture and teach and love on more people this way. Than had I just been um, the mom of just one or two other humans, I get it's, to be a mom, mom figure for a lot of people this way. So it's 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 I'm getting I'm getting that feeling that that, that urge is still being met.
0: Yeah, well, you're doing it for me. I'm not kidding. Like the things you're saying, I'm like, remember that. Remember what she said, Peter. Hold yes. that in your heart. You just gave me the why Oprah didn't run for president answer, which is so true.
1: Yeah, I don't know if you know.
0: She said, I can do more this way. And I was like,
1: yeah. And she said, she actually has said that about kids too. I, I remember when I was probably in college, I heard her say something about it because people love to police women's uteruses. They were yes. uteri, I don't Uter-
0: know. Uteropodi. Uterai- that's an old, old Kumel bed. It was like the, okay. the plural of. Octopus is octopodi. So the plural of uterus must be uteropodi.
1: Uteropodi.
0: So that's a Kumail Nanjiani joke from yeah. 2002.
1: <laughs> How do you remember that?
0: I don't know. Like the actual.
1: <laughs> but Yeah. They would always ask her, when are you getting married? When are you getting kids. When are you getting married? And you know, meanwhile, she's building an empire. She's a black woman owning her own, her own work and her own studio. And they're right. literally asking when she's going to have a kid. And she's like, I got a lot of kids. The, the world is my kid. Like I'm, I'm raising a lot of people. Right. So I understood it and I, I kind of agree. I agree with that. I mean, I would have loved to have been a mom, but it didn't work out. So, what are you going to do? you going to cry about it for the rest of your life if it didn't work out? <laughs> or you going to realize that God had another plan and get busy doing it? What are you going to do? Right. That's what right. You
0: my question was I don't know how you're dodging it. Like, if we were pitching the movie about your romance, like like 40 year old virgin or something, obviously, mm-hmm. we're not saying that. I'm just saying,
1: yeah,
0: help me. We're understand. not saying that
1: <laughs> <laughs> on either way, on either. way older,
0: and uh, you know, that's I can't believe you're saying you're in the sunset years. I'm over here.
1: I, I am old, how old are you? old you? I'm 42. Oh, honey, I, I'm older than you.
0: I don't believe it
1: yeah I, I don't believe it. Do a Google okay. search. you can figure out how old I am. I
0: <gasps> you know, what? I'm not going to I I've been telling people like I haven't
1: to. actually been lying about it, which a lot of actors act and they do actresses lie about it for for reasons because once they know your age, they only see you as that. but i I tell people my age because I look so good. <laughs> <I'm just>
0: like, <laughs> you are. No, but I'm
1: saying, I'm just saying because of melanin, you know, I don't, we don't age. Black folk don't age like people expect. I am 50 years old. I just turned 50 this year. Whoa. (laughs) So, um, where do it,
0: we stand on white people saying black don't crack? Really, give me a ruling.
1: I mean, if, it, if, it, if, it, if the truth is, I don't have a problem with speaking the truth. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, look at me, look at me, I'm fifty. Like I, I, got the youthful exuberance of a thirty-something. So uh, it's it one
0: of our actors, Shy McBride. He's sixty, and I'm yep. like, I'm looking at him, and I'm like, what the fuck? You just said it. It's melanin. It's
1: smelling a Different melanin. game. It's a preservative. <laughs> <laughs> in this, wait in this country we deserve something that is yes. ours that is yes. special that is magical and doggone it that melanin it just keeps us nice keeps that
0: us nice. is so yeah. fucking funny. <laughs> well you you do look great and you shouldn't go around telling everybody tell me a little bit because i i sometimes forget i'm just enjoying talking to you but a lot of people listening are interested because let let's talk about what's good about it's not fame, but mm-hmm. this is a great life. Like I love acting. I love writing. I love creating. I love collaborating. Talk about the spiritual thing of interconnectedness. When you're on a set, you feel mm-hmm. like everyone's pointed in the same direction. And, and that's whole, W-H-O. And that feels it can feel holy. It can also feel terrible and shitty. But yeah. it can feel like a bunch of souls pointed towards the same thing. And it feels great. Mm-hmm. And I look forward to going to my new job every day. We have next week off. I don't need it off. I wish we were shooting. I'm really loving
1: it. Yeah, because you're on a multicam. You're and because good. I'm on a multicam. When right. we
0: were on Crashing, I was like, I, I, could I have a month off? I'd love a month off. That would have been <laughs> great because I was so tired.
1: Like you can have it after these eight months we shoot this sucker. That's right.
0: <laughs> and then really, those are the months you're editing, so no, you can't. Um. <laughs> it was a privilege and a gift. Yeah. But, so there's a lot of great about this job and you're great at your job and you're, and you're so talented. Mm-hmm. Tell the people a little bit about Give us some of that. We're at a wedding and someone goes, I want to be an actor like you. Mm -hmm. I, I just feel like you moved from Cleveland with nothing. I mean, you got that good story. Some of the best advice you've gotten. I want all of it. Just give me everything.
1: I mean, if someone says they want to be an actor, the first thing I would say is why? And not why like you should not want to be an actor, but I just want to know if you actually have thought about why you want to do it. You're because so, if,
0: you're, you're you're I'm going to carve you a Golden Globe right? for life. Like,
1: no, but I mean, like, if, if what if their response is because I want to be famous? That's a whole different conversation. Yeah. Because this is definitely not the route you should be taking if you want to be famous. You want to be famous, you know, sell some flat tummy tea on Instagram and yeah, you know, butt cheeks. We already yeah, talked fight, about this, right? Fight cheeks on on Melrose. Like, there's other ways to. Do it. <laughs> uh, a, you know, acting is a tough road. Yeah. Um, but if they were really serious about it, I would ask it. You know what books they've read about it. Because when you really care, when you're excited about something, like I don't even care if it's like, I remember when I was a kid, I loved this group, New Edition. Oh, I still love New Edition. But when I was in in junior high and middle school and New Edition was out, I could not get enough of reading everything about New Edition. So I was buying every magazine. We didn't have the internet then. So I was buying every magazine and at the newsstand like on Tuesdays because that's when the magazine dropped. And I'm, I'm, I'm pouring in and just su- soaking in everything I can about the minutiae of their lives, whatever. That's what you do when you really, really want something, like you love something, right? So if you say you want to be an actor and I say, What books have you read? And you haven't read any books, you haven't done any, you haven't done any research, you haven't done a deep dive at all into what it is, then I have to question you because that the love leads you to research. If you, if you meet somebody on a date nap and you like them, you Googling their name, right? He said he works at IBM. Let me see if John Smith is at IBM. There he is. He's a vice president. But like you're going to do your research on something that you're excited about. So if you have not read a thing and don't know anything about the industry, but you want to be an actor, I have to question whether you actually want to be an actor. Right. Now, if you've done the work, like if you've done your own basic research and like what I love is when people come up to me and they go, Bet, I want to be an actor now. I know that you're with innovative artists, and I I know that they also rep like people like Loretta Devine. Do you think and they start going into the minutia of, do you think that's a good place for me to to um, submit to? I'm come on, let's have this conversation because you you really do want to do this and I want to help you do this. But they, but I gain nothing and no one gains anything by spending 20 or 30 minutes talking to someone that's a tourist, right? Can you imagine if you ran into a doctor? And you find out they're a brain surgeon. You're like, well, tell me about, I want to be a brain surgeon. What is that? What, what I had to do to be a brain surgeon? People <laughs> would be like, you got to go to school. You got to read some books. You got to, you know what I mean? And and you probably would not expect a brain surgeon. Can we just go to, uh, can we go to Starbucks and talk? I want to pick your brain about brain surgery.
0: Right. Or a family member emailing them being like, I have this friend, he's a friend of a friend, and he really wants to be a brain surgeon, we have lunch with him. I mean, and and
1: no, because you know why? Because I'll be doing brain surgery. <laughs> I, you know what I mean? I can't, I can't stop what I'm doing to teach you how to do what I'm doing when there's books and everything. So it's the same thing with, with acting. I've had people say, strangers will, will DM me because my DMs are open. They'll DM me and it'll be like, yeah, so I, you know, I'm going to be in LA for, you know, a week. And I just thought we could meet up at Starbucks and I'll buy you a coffee, girl. And you can tell me all about this business. Right. No. You're like,
0: I have a Starbucks gift card.
1: <laughs> yeah. Beyond that, I got a dad that I got to take care of. I got a lot of jobs. I got podcasts. <laughs> I
0: started with the coffee.
1: Yeah. Like, yeah, because there's no way I'm going to, I'm going to, so what do I do? Do I call Pete and say, I can't do your podcast today because I have to go sit with Mary and talk about acting and she's read no books. Right. <laughs> has, has done zero research has no headshots knows nothing about the business but I, she wants me to give her an hour of my time well, so you she wants to stick my brain see this is what's
0: you good know? about stand-up is stand-up um when you do it and anyone can do it so mary can mm-hmm. go do it and if you stick with it you've been broken like you've you've yeah. been sort of uh it's almost like an initiation. Yeah. You can you can just want to be an actor over here because you watch a lot of movies and TV yeah. and you think it looks cool. But like stand-ups get like kind of humbled.
1: Can? Yeah. Not if, always. But they anyone, can. Anyone that gets on set will get humbled too because I was just talking to Paul Shear about this because Paul and I are doing a, a bunch of T-Mobile spots right now. And with this other actress um, named Bane who's also amazing and um, Brian. But anyway, I'm talking to Paul. And we had a particularly grueling day on set. This is nothing against T-Mobile. We just, with commercials, you just got to move fast. And so we had, um, excuse me, (coughs) a lot of lines to learn, a lot of different uh, versions of performance levels for each line. And then we had to look in three or four different cameras for each line, right? Um, When you see the commercial, it'll be two seconds, but it was about 12 hours of that. And in the middle of that, there were parts where some of us had to hold up product shots. We were talking about Apple phones. We had to hold up the product and got to hold the product. You got to hit your mark and you got to make sure there's so many technical things that go into acting that are so much so far beyond just saying a line that if you get on set and it is not a part of already a part of your muscle memory, say the line, walk here, pick up the mug, hold the apple. If that's not in your muscle memory, you will be humbled and you will cost people a lot of money on that set. Mm -hmm. And Paul and I had a moment in the midst of all the stuff that we were doing. And we were like, this is hard. (laughs) Acting's hard. It's not, it's, it's not just saying lines. It's not just for the beautiful people being beautiful. There's a lot of mental things, uh, body movement things, um, making sure you're in hitting your you're in your light you know it's it's just so many parts
0: turning your shoulders out all these things i'm learning on making
1: sure your shoulders out so you don't block somebody else when you're saying your line if you lean in and the camera's here you're going to end up blocking the person that's over here and that's their shot like it's all of this stuff that you just have to learn and And so it
0: it looks so easy brad pitt eating an apple in a movie i'm like he knows where he takes the second bite he does he knows the line we're yep. using a wide and the apples at the same point. It's same. not a mistake. He wasn't just eating an apple. Nope. It becomes a prop in the scene and you have to eat it the around same the same way, pace.
1: Every, eight time. Times, every eight, time. Eight, nine I mean, times.
0: Yeah. Many times. Which is kidding. why most of us aren't eating.
1: It's, is because we... why I never do. And Brad <laughs> eats almost. And I remember in Ocean's Eleven, he made the decision to be eating in every single scene. If you watch <laughs> that movie, Brad is eating something every single scene. So and if you talk about the apple every time they started seeing it, that apple began unbitten. It
0: better be unbitten.
1: The new apple every single time. And that apple had to be about the same size, same color, like this. And he has to hold it in the same way, bite at the same time, make sure that the the bite he takes is about the same size, bite. y'all don't even know. Yeah. And there are
0: people to help, but really mostly the people that are helping with continuity and stuff are just, I'm just trying to make your point for, it seems interesting. A lot of people want to act. I didn't know. It's like, I just had this on set last week. They were like, thank you for putting your bag out, blue facing out and black yeah, facing in you gotta pay attention. Every, every time. And what I said was, I learned this from my friend, Matt McCarthy, who's an amazing actor and he's great at continuity. And I was just like, all I know is what you did on the first take. do it every time. Do it every take, every take. <laughs> or You'll fuck them up right? because now you're holding the bag instead of the bag in the chair, put it on the chair. And, and here's what this is. You just got me excited. No one's telling you. They think the actor knows. They expect you, know. you need to know. They
1: expect you to yeah. know. And that's you, don't want, you don't want the script supervisor to have to tell you. That's right. Uh, Yvette, it, the mug was in your right hand when you said, you know, John, come in the room. Right. Not in your left. Uh, or, you know, you, you put your purse down before you walk to the open the door. So you got to put your purse down before you. Right. Like, you don't want. They, they have so many other things to keep track of they don't need to keep track of some stuff you decide to do because you're trying to be cute. I'm going to wear my purse. Okay. Now keep track of your purse. That's right. Can I I go back to, because I want to make it clear. When I was saying the comment about not it, not being feasible and, and possible for me to take an hour lunch or coffee break with everyone that has questions about the industry. I don't want that to come off as, if I don't share information. I share information all the time. I've done blog posts with every single question I've ever been asked in one place so that, because the questions don't change. How do you get headshots? How do you get an agent? Um, Am I too old to start? Like all of it, I want to move to LA. How do I do it? All of those questions I've been asked throughout my entire career, I have answered online in one spot. Mm -hmm. If you do your research, you can get it. I do Instagram lives all the time. I save them. I talk about industry stuff in there. Like, you don't need to have coffee with me to to get everything that I I know about this industry. And if you have a question that if you have a if you've done your research and you have a specific question and you come in my DMs and go, I want to use this acting coach. I've heard that he's great. You were in a class with him once. Did you like working with him? I'm answering that question. Mm-hmm. But just a general, who's that kind of acting coach? There's there's reams of stuff on Google about that. Mm -hmm. There's a thousand places you can find that information. Don't ask a person something that you can find out for yourself because they know, too, that you can find out for yourself. (laughs) You got to do some of the work yourself (laughs) so that when you get the moment with the person, you really there are certain people like if I ever got the chance to like sit with like Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis, I'm going to have very specific questions about how they did the control album with Janet Jackson. I'm not just going to go. So what's it like being a producer? I'm gonna be like when you produce "Let's Wait a While," which is my favorite Jenna Jackson song. What what was it like in the room that day? Like, how did you write? Like, I have specific why? Cause I know the album and I know their work, and when I get a chance with them doggone, I'm not gonna waste it. I'm not throwing away my shot.
0: <laughs> I love. Right. I was gonna. Yeah. I love everything you just said. It's amazing. I. It's amazing. I can't believe it's only been an hour. I don't think we're gonna go two hours because you're you're getting everything. <laughs> You're getting everything in. You're like a, a condensed milk or something. There's more. There's more per second in uh, this conversation.
1: And I love. I've never been called a condensed milk. That is probably <laughs> the best description of me I've ever heard.
0: Tell me about Plan Bs. I heard that you don't like Plan Bs. I thought that was interesting.
1: Having a plan. Having a Plan B. Yeah. Um, I kind of feel like if you. I mean, it's not that I don't like it. Like I have a college degree and I'm a legal secretary by trade. So I do technically have a plan B, but my plan B was strategic. Like I, I knew that I was moving to LA and I knew that I could probably get more money uh, per hour if I had a degree. Mm -hmm. And also my degree was really more about my mother. My mother really wanted me to have a college degree. And so I kind of did it, you know, in honor of her and, and how she instilled in her, um, Education in me my whole life. And so it was it was that. Um but yeah, I I i think that you get one life and you should go after what you actually want to do. Cause the thing is, this is what I thought when I moved to LA. I was like if people some people were like, Oh guys, long way to go. What if you don't make it? I was like, if I don't make it, I get a ticket and come back to Cleveland. Mm-hmm. Like it's not the worst thing in the world to to try and not not succeed. Right. It's all a mindset. Like if you if you don't succeed you get to decide whether that means you're a failure or not this i don't back,
0: yeah go ahead we're back to i am who i am in god and we're back to christianity not being about winning this is a richard or right. quote he actually goes it's how to lose graciously yeah he's like the whole faith is about how to lose you because better learn. don't make any mistake we all lose in the end so you might as well practice now yeah and all of that winning it doesn't matter if you're a king It's all nothing. It's all vapor. It's all pretend.
1: The reason it's all vapor is that we're all going to die.
0: And gold
1: isn't, you can't eat gold. You can't, and you can't (laughs) take it with you. So like, I mean, all these people chasing stuff that they can't take with them. Like, All I have is my good name and the the legacy that I leave behind in how I treated people. That is what will linger because I don't have kids. So that is what will linger here after me. So that means every decision that I make has to be in line with what I want my legacy to be. And I don't, my legacy is not, she had millions of dollars. I don't care about that. Mm -hmm. Everyone knew her name. I don't care about that. I want, I want people, those that know my name, I want it to, like I said, to be a sweet aroma, you know? So, so that, uh, that means that I'm making decisions from a different place. It's not about amassing things, accolades, money, any of that. It's, it's about, about being a decent person and you can be a decent person, whether you're famous or not. Here's a news flash. You can be (laughs) a decent person, you know, working at Starbucks or, or as a teacher or whatever. It's not like greatness and goodness resides in fame. Mm -hmm. It doesn't. It doesn't. Yeah. But
0: I was just, I might do this on stage. I was obviously, I know how publicity works, but I was like, what are the chances that, you know, people's sexiest man alive? It's always an actor. You're telling me there's not some swashbuckling sailor in Spain with a shirt (laughs) off, just heaving barrels onto his fucking sexy ass boat that isn't (laughs) sexier than Paul Rudd. Like, what are the chances that it's always an actor with something to promote? I I know I'm I'm being cute. Like, I know how it works. It's because they're promoting a thing. It's all politics. But I was like. Also, being an actor isn't that sexy, being insecure, wondering where your next job is coming from, running lines, wearing makeup, playing pretend, yeah. <laughs>
1: all that stuff. I think they literally are just thinking about the actual face of the man, the face, <laughs> and body of the man. I don't think they even did a deep dive into, you know, how unsexy our jobs are. I think they're like, hmm, Paul right. Of course. Symmetri- <laughs> and, he's and he's in Ghostbusters. And he happens to be in Ghostbusters. So That's
0: right. That's right. And his says, I mean, I look, Paul Rudd, sexy. I'm glad a funny guy got it. I'm not putting him down. But I know somewhere in in the middle of Italy <laughs> oh, absolutely, is a guy who doesn't even have a job. Doesn't even have a job. He, he is sexy as, as, as fuck. He's the sexiest thing walking you should see him sleep till two p.m. He is, it'll 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 get you moist. I'm sorry, I should not get you moist. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, oh, that word, that word. I know moist is a bad word.
1: Oh, it's a bad word. It's rough.
0: Let's get out of. I, I'm so happy with this. Let me ask you a couple last things, if sure. that's okay. Have you ever seen a ghost? Absolutely. I would. I was really hoping you've seen a ghost because <laughs> I feel like if someone's going to see a ghost and tell me about it, would it, it
1: would be you. Absolutely. Tell there's, me, a, there's a ghost in my house. Tell me everything house I live in right now. Go
0: ahead. Tell me about the ghosts yes. in your house.
1: Okay. Listen, okay, listen I don't, I, I have, I have the gift of discerning spirits. It's something that that is my gift from God. I know it. I, I'll meet people and be like, Ooh, something on her. I can't, I can't hug her. You know, I can, I can, I can sense. So when I was looking for houses, I would come into the house and I would just test the, test the vibe. And I'd be like, there was, there was one house in particular I was with my realtor, me and my friend, Lisa, we, she was looking at houses with me that day. And we went into this, we got to this one house and we went to take a step over the threshold. And I was like, can't do it. And the realtor was like, Oh my God, no, it's four, but I don't care how many bedrooms is in here. I'm not going in here. I was like, I don't know what, I don't know what, what it is. Something in here is not right. I'm not going in. I got in my car and I left and went to the next house so I can do that. So when I got to this house, the House I ultimately bought. I walked in and I I exhaled, and my um my realtor was like, "Oh my gosh, you exhale you, every other house you come in, but you, you came in." I went, "Ah," and so I walked through. It was a great vibe, and then I got to the kitchen, and I was like, "Huh," wasn't a bad vibe, but I knew someone was there, like I knew. And so I, I was, I was okay with it. She was, the, the spirit was cool. I was cool. We was, we was cool with each other. And so I got to <laughs> the, back to the front door and I was about to leave out. And so I'm, I'm in the house looking towards the back of the house and the kitchen's to the right. And, um, I can see, I see like the spirit, like in, in the doorway of the kitchen, just standing there. And it's a, it's a woman all in white. She's got straight black hair, like Cher. She's tall, thin, and she looks like my ghost is Cher.
0: So I'm um, sure it's not shared. just it's coming over shares in my house for but some yeah, of your I, I melanin. Never, she wants <laughs> some of those preservatives. <laughs> I've,
1: never, she looks good, she looks good. I've never seen the ghost straight on. It's always out of the corner of my eye, and she's always in the doorway of my kitchen and my in my dining room. She's always right there and sometimes my dog out my dog's bowl is where, near where she is in the kitchen there are times I'll put food out for him and he'll eat some of it. And then he'll start barking and I'll come in and he's backed away from where she stands and he's looking where she stands and he just barks.
0: Whoa. So
1: I know she's there, but she's not, it's not a bad spirit. She's, she, I don't, I've never asked the, the previous owners what the story is, or if anyone knows, but she's here. And this is, her, this is her house. It was her house first, apparently. And we coexist. And she doesn't bother me. I don't bother her. If, if, if a
0: share looking kind of pale woman just kind of came into the zoom right now, just kind of like, ah, I would freak out right now.
1: Like I'm zooming. She actually doesn't walk the whole house. She literally something, whatever happened, happened right in that kitchen doorway area. I don't and know. It if feels
0: I, like something happened. It wasn't.
1: Yeah. I don't know if she's there because she lived here and that's her, that she loved to cook or something. Or I don't know if she, I, I mean, I think they got to tell you if somebody died in the house. Like, I don't feel like she died in here. I just feel like she lived here. Mm-hmm. And I think she, this is her or maybe not even this house maybe she lived on this land cuz now that i'm thinking about it she could have been a native american because she's like i said tall thin and and just long straight hair so maybe she's a native american and this is where she used to live this this land you know but she's she's fine
0: but the, it does, you don't seem scared i seem more scared than
1: you. so you get up <laughs> oh, no no if it in was in the middle uh, of the night to get a drink uh, in
0: the kitchen you're uh, like oh, she okay. and I are
1: cool she and I are cool if it was a bad if it was a bad spirit if it was like if I felt a bad feeling in this house, I wouldn't live in this house. Mm. So no, it's not a bad spirit. And she's never, you know, aside from my dog barking, I, she's never really made herself known in a way that I can see. Aside from just seeing her in the in the my peripheral vision. Whoa!
0: And when you see her in your peripheral vision, is she looking at you? Is she smiling? No, she's
1: always standing in that space, looking towards the back of the house. She's just—it's almost like she's in the in the kitchen looking looking into the backyard. So I don't know. I, I don't know. She never moves. She's always right there. Mm. And sometimes it's cold right there too. Sometimes I'll, cause I have to go through that area to get to where my dad's room is. And sometimes it's chilly right there. So I mean, I know she's there. So How does
0: your dad feel about this?
1: My dad, I, my, like, like, my you dad. you took me from Cleveland and you put me in this dad, house of horrors. No, it's not a house of horrors though. Like I'm I saying, know, know, like, she's, her spirit is, she's a good spirit. I don't think my dad has seen her. I think my dog has seen her. I've definitely seen her, but I don't think my dad has seen her. Mm. I mean, if he has, he ain't saying about it.
0: What about? Is this a normal thing to see ghosts? You, it sounded like you've seen it, a couple ghosts.
1: You know, I again, I have discerning the spirit, so I can feel. Look, everybody walking around ain't walking around by themselves. Some people got some stuff on them. Some people got some, they've been doing some stuff. They've been involved in some stuff and some stuff is stuck around and it's like, let's go to Starbucks. And so you see them and it's them and whatever's on their shoulder and they, in their gullet is with them. Right. And some of it is not good stuff, you know? So I've, I can sense, I can sense when somebody is, I'm like, Oh, that one ain't right. That one. And it might just be darkness. Like they're just dabbling in some darkness. They're just hateful and evil. And it's just, festering and it's just, it's a heavy spirit. You know, you meet people, I think some people talk about, it's like their aura, they meet someone and their aura is, your aura is blue or whatever. I think that's part of it. They're sensing like what spirit is working in you? Is it God mm-hmm. or is it something? Is it, is it, is it, uh, ego? What, what is that? What does that mean? Would you, what you know? You? Yeah. So I don't, um, it's not like I go through life and I'm seeing ghost everywhere. Cause thank God I don't, I don't have, I, I don't see them like that. Um, but I, I can feel them. Mm-hmm. All the time, I feel I feel spirits all the time.
0: That's funny. I just yesterday, or no, I'm oh, sorry, it was the last week. I told my friend Matt. Actually, I was like, I've always, I used to do this bit. I haven't done it a long time ago. If you look at pornography constantly, mm-hmm. everyone can tell. <laughs> Meaning, whenever I have a friend that's like, uh, yeah, I, I'm looking at porn four, five, six times a day, and I have a sex doll, and, and it's like, yeah, everyone can tell. <laughs>
1: What, what is it what
0: does it look like i mean i don't even know you just one. you just it's like a little gollumy vibe you know gollum yeah and it's dude. just like a oh yeah. <laughs> it's like there's just have, sometimes it, it shows up that's, that's a spirit is the watch the porn spirit that, that's what and i'm not trying to shame anybody that's looking at oh, porn. it's not James, point. It's just,
1: it is i'm what just what it saying is. if
0: you get obsessed with something like gollum it, you carry that obsession around with
1: you. yeah them. yeah it's a, it's a, it's all, a, we're, all uh, we're spirit. That's that's it's all spirit. Everything within us. We're we're spirits walking around in meat suits.
0: Right. It's all spirit. That's right. Meat puppets. I say that all the time. Well, I that was my last question is, is is what is what is your what is your Christianity look like? And I get in I get really excited about this. So I'm not going to do what I usually do, which is tell you what my my faith looks like. I just want to hear what your faith looks like. So I don't oh, man. load you I mean, with my thoughts.
1: Yeah, uh, it's what I said earlier. Like my faith is is love. My 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 religion is love and I'm I I'm sad that Christianity gets such a uh, a bad rap because of people using it for their agenda. Uh Christ said to love God, to love yourself and to love your neighbor as yourself. That's it. When they say what what are we supposed to do? He boiled down every commandment to those three things because if you love God, you love yourself and you love your neighbor like yourself, I don't have to tell you not to kill. I don't have to tell you not to covet. I don't have to tell you not to, um, not to sleep with your, your neighbor's wife or husband, because if you love them and you love yourself and you love God, you're going to value them more than that to do any of those things to them. And so when you look at it through the, the, the lens of love, then everything becomes easier, right? Mm -hmm. Love is, it's not about fame. It's not about money. It's not about, it's just not about any of those things. It's about being a decent person, caring about people, um, lightning loads, um, and believing that it's going to be okay. Like I've been telling everyone, like everyone's going through something right now. Everyone is um, traumatized in some way right now. And my faith is it sucks, but it's going to be okay eventually. <coughs> Excuse me.
0: It's Okay. That's a Richard Rohr thing he goes faith is isn't not having or peace isn't not having nothing to worry about spiritual peace not mind peace but in your heart mm-hmm. is having peace even though there are things you could be worried about
1: Yeah because I mean you, you either you trust God or you don't like whatever you're going through and we as a, as globally are going through something really horrific either you believe that ultimately things are going to work out or you don't. And if you don't believe that they're going to work out, it's you're lost. Like every day I wake up, I have to believe that this day is going to be better than yesterday was. And that every day I'm sowing something in my life and in the lives of others that is going to spring forth and be beautiful. So today might be the day that a flower I planted a year ago springs up in my life or in someone else's life. And I don't want to miss that. You know, I want to I want to experience every single day, even the, the the darker days, because it's all it's it's the totality of the piece that's important. It's not any particular day. It's your life. So you might have a day. I think of it as a as a painting. If, if God is painting a, a masterpiece of, of each of us, you know, some days he got to get the shadows in there because he's he's painting something really beautiful, even if it's a, um, a, a base of flowers where the sun is hitting, there's going to be some place in that painting where the flowers are going to cast a shadow. And that's a that's a black crayon day or a black paint day. And while you while that shadow is being painted, even though it's the shadow of something beautiful that's ultimately going to be beautiful and bless the world, on this day, we got to do the shadow work. So we got to get in here. So that's a rough day. But that doesn't mean that the whole painting is going to be horrible. That day, shadow day is rough. Mm. You know, but, but there's a day that he's going to be painting the daffodil and it's going to be beautiful yellow. And that's a great day. So you got to just understand that every day is not the the yellow daffodil day and it's okay. And it doesn't mean that you're having a bad life because you had a bad day, you know? And
0: then, and then your painting is actually part of a bigger painting, which is the whole thing. Yeah,
1: absolutely. And you got to understand that it's not just about you. If everybody could just grasp that it's not just about you. And sometimes you got to take a hit. Like I, I say this all the time. I don't have any kids, right? And I vote in every election. There's often a, a school measure or something to make the schools better. I always vote for that. If they want to raise my taxes because they want to help a school, I'm voting for that, even though I don't have kids, because I want your kids to be good. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, I want your kids to have the books that they're supposed to have. It's the main reason why I'm such a big fan of Donors Choose and everything that Donors Choose does. It's like I don't have to have kids to want kids to survive. Mm-hmm. I don't have to be a teacher to want teachers to have what they need, you know, but, you, but that only works in this life. If you see beyond yourself, mm-hmm. you can't just do things for you.
0: Mm-hmm. I love that. I, I, I just want, I, I've said this before, but I'm always like, it's all going to be okay. That doesn't mean Pete is going to be okay per se. Okay. Right. in the sense, like Pete's going to die. Pete's going yeah. to that deal is- with black crayon days, you know what I mean? That's right. But the big picture, and this is what faith is. It's not mm. believing unbelievable things. It's having an underlying sense of yep. certainty that the whole thing is moving That's somewhere. Thing,
1: and that it's, yeah. and that the whole thing is ultimately worth it. Even if right. you don't, even if you don't like how it looks for you, you know, um, I think about you know, movies when somebody sacrifices themselves, like even in Endgame, I don't want to give away, I think everybody's seen Endgame, but yeah, I just someone that that gives up their life for the greater good. That's, we need those people too. We need the people that are like, you know, even Martin Luther King was like, you know, I may not make it, you know, to the promised land. Yeah, The day before he, he was assassinated, I may not make it to the, pro- the promised land, but we as a people will make right. it to the promised land. So we need more people that are okay to, to to plant a seed or to be a part of the journey towards greatness without needing the the light to shine on them all the time. Right. Need yeah. so much light on you. They, stop it. Just work work toil a little bit for the good of other people. I it's not you. about you. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. yeah. So you, you slip into the funniest little act outs and voices. It's so funny. <laughs> like, I, I never forgot that I was talking to an actor, comedian, performer. But like, if I ever did, you'd slip. That's when you'd slip into <laughs> something really funny. I love it because it's like we're doing like a Super Soul Sunday, but then every once in a while, you're like, but it, don't forget, I'm really funny too. Yeah, it's I, so I great.
1: mean that's, that's East Cleveland. We call it being a fool. I'm just a fool. That's all. <laughs> I love it. That's all.
0: Um, well, last question. Yvette, thank you so much for this time. It was awesome. It was a great way to spend my Sunday. I just want to, I feel like you're going to like this. I hope you do. Okay. Can you think of a time in your life where you laughed really, really hard? Like your stomach hurt. You were crying. Uh, I'm going to give you some prompts because I I ask this question every time. Often somebody fell down. Often somebody (laughs) farted. Um, Maybe you farted because you laughed so hard. Like these are the areas it doesn't have to be a good story, but maybe you were a kid, maybe you were with a friend, uh, maybe you were watching a movie or a show. It doesn't matter. Just like where do you go? When you ask your brain, when did I laugh really hard? Where do you go?
1: I mean, there's so many moments because I, I laugh a lot. You know, I laughed hard in this in this interview a couple of times. Yeah, I, I really do enjoy I enjoy life and I enjoy people. Um laughed really hard. Um Maya Rudolph makes me laugh really hard <laughs> like just about anything she does I remember the first time I I heard her on <laughs> I'm laughing now first time I heard her on um a big mouth there's some there she does so many weird things with the voice of that character yeah um and it was the first time I heard her like she should get a little like dish and she, it was just weird and um
0: yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. unexpected
0: like she'd what? call a shrimp scampi, shrimp scrampy or something.
1: It's shrimp scrampy. Like it's, I don't know what she does. Like, it's why she has two Emmys for her role on that show. But yeah, um, yeah so so Maya Rudolph makes me laugh. Um, there's so many things. Like I I loved the show Kimmy Schmidt, Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt, because that damn Titus Burgess is such a fool. Mm-hmm. Um, so I love that. Um, so it's a, a lot of my laughing uncontrollably is a lot of it is television. But the most recently in person, I would say, I'm a part of a blurred group, a, a black nerd brunch group, the blurred brunch crew. And so during the pandemic, we moved our weekly brunches to zoom and now we're back in person. Um, I actually didn't go this week cause this Sunday, cause I was going to be here with you. Oh man. No, oh, no, it's fine. Listen, the, the the fun, the fun goes, we got a we got a live chat. We do, it's, it's a lot of stuff, okay. but there were two blurbs that were relaying a story, um, a shared story, something that they had endured together. And see my two friends, um, uh, Sujata Day and uh, Malcolm Barrett, trading off bits of this story. And they were delighted to tell it. We were delighted to hear it. They were playing off of each other in a really fun way. And I I literally threw my neck back and laughed so hard. I was hoarse by the time I left. So I just, that was the most recent time that I was I like. I love
0: that you awesome. have this community, too. That is so yeah. cool.
1: Yeah. Con,
0: honestly, not intended. I, that Maya, Maya and Keenan, when Maya hosted most recently. Is this the Beyonce one? It's not the Beyonce one. No? The the one that I love that, we loved all of it, but the one that got into our lives became something that Val and I say to each other. Yeah. I don't even remember what it is, but they're just like hypersexual, like into each other. And she's going, and I bend over and he sees everything. (laughs) And then Keenan goes, show it to me again. (laughs) And Val and I, I mean, I'll just come up behind her and grab her and go, show it to me, show (laughs) it to me again. And what kills me is like, I could be wrong, but I was watching that sketch and I was like, I bet this is like, kind of like like a filler. I'm not saying it wasn't great. I just got the sense that it was later in the show and it was like, I don't think anybody thought like this is the one. And Val and I were at home going, this is the one, like, Did this is know? the
1: funniest thing we've ever seen. Maya and Keenan together, like Keenan, first of all, just give him everything give him all the flowers. He's so freaking funny and such a I good flower, human being. But, uh, the two of them together, because they both, they both, uh, are fans of each other's foolishness mm-hmm. and they've worked together. They had worked together for so many years that when they come back together, they know it's almost like if you got any, any of us from community together, um, we have bits and stuff inside jokes and stuff that we've been doing for, you know, 12 years now, I think it has been. And so it's a, it's a shorthand, right. Where you just fall into it. And no matter what the line is or what we're there to do, our personal relationship will always come out. And I think that's the case with Keenan and Maya. So a lot of stuff that we see is them playing off of each other in a really interesting way. Um, mm. You're uh, Right
0: now that you say that, I'm like, they probably did know that it was great. I
1: mean, I I think they, I think they knew that it made them laugh.
0: That's it. The crowd wasn't going nuts, but Val and I were at home going like, this is our life now. Now do it to me again. It's so funny. (laughs) I'm going to go say it to Val now. I'm so happy. Um, Is there anything that you wanted to say that you didn't get to say?
1: I mean, just that it's, it's, there's this line. I don't know who ever said this, but this is one of my favorite lines to say to people Life is tricky, baby. Stay in your magic. Oh. And so I kind of want to leave that with everyone. Like this, right now, things are really not right for anybody, really. And our, what's happening in our country is really scary. And what's happening in the world is really scary. And um, just find a way to stay in your magic, whatever that is. And some people, the magic is their family. Some people, it's their job. Some people, it's their meditation. Like whatever it is, for me, it's Lego. Whatever it is that keeps you in your magic, lean in to it right now. Just so till we get over this little difficult, this difficult moment. Black
0: crayon. We're in a black crayon right now. Black
1: crayon moment. It really is. And black is beautiful. I don't want to say anything against <laughs> it. It's just uh,
0: dark, dark gray crayon.
1: Dark, dark gray. Dark gray. You know, I mean, there's the connotation. is just that, you know, it's, it's, an, it's a tough time right now. So, of course. You know, stay in your that's, magic.
0: That's beautiful. Well, this is what. Keep it crispy will mean we have the guests say keep it crispy. That's how we close. You say it. But when you say it, I'll give you the direction. What you mean is stay in your magic. But would you say yeah. keep it crispy? But think stay in your magic. Sure. <laughs> okay, Ready? <action. laughs>
1: keep it crispy.
0: I felt it. I felt it. Mm-hmm. I'm so glad Brett put us in touch. You are everything I hoped you would be.
1: Ah, uh, thank you. Yeah, he listen, any anytime he tells me I should do something, I know it's something that I should do. Oh. He's like, you're going to have a great time with him. Yeah. And please, please do my friend's podcast. And I said, absolutely.
0: Oh, that's so sweet. I'm so glad you did. Yeah. I'm sorry you missed your blurs. That's I- all right. I-
1: they, they might still be there. I can text them now. They probably are still there talking. I love it. And I
0: hope to meet you in, in real life one day. I really I'd love it.
1: Sorry, I couldn't do it this time, but I'm I'm so COVID, like with daddy, I don't.
0: I uh, I didn't think twice about it. When your assistant said that, I was like, that's the right thing. Not that you need me to tell you that, but, no, I'm like, but I hey, agree.
1: It's nice. It's agree. nice to, at least you're not like, I can't believe, you know. Um,
0: <laughs> hey, this is easier for me. I'm still wearing my PJ bottoms. Although I, I, if you hey, came to do too. it in person, I would have been wearing my PJ bottoms. Yeah, I'll probably. On. Listen, I'm in my PJ
1: bottoms too. <laughs> <laughs> We're it together. I'm so together.